Computer, initialize Holosuite. Hi everyone and a warm welcome back to the Sci-Fi Feminist Podcast. I hope everyone has been well in the week that passed. It's already December and um, we're already almost heading into 2022. But for the rest of this month, even though it's the holiday season, I will keep bringing you um, new Sci-Fi Feminist Podcast episodes for your holiday listening. So um, as usual, I would first like to thank my Patreon supporter, Ashley Ariel, for their generous support and their continued support of the podcast and if you would like to receive a shout out on the podcast um, or other perks then head over to my patreon page and have a look there um yeah there's all sorts of nice perks if you sign up all right so today i am actually joined by a very special guest um she's been a long time friend of mine um i think we've been friends for 16 years or so i'm not sure yeah we met when i was uh when did we meet in 2006 2006 so 12 years old when we were 12 <laughs> years old we're both 27 now um yeah so it's been a long friendship and um this year i had the privilege of supervising her honors degree so her honors degree topic was very, very interesting. Um, so I invited her onto the show today to talk about her honors research. So this is a really special episode and um, it is an episode on video games. So yes, I hope everyone um, enjoys today's episode. So let me introduce Yunette Lesson. Um, hi, Yunette. Hi, nice it's to be here. It's really, <laughs> it's really good to have you on the show. Thank you for joining me. Um, okay, so can you introduce yourself to the listeners? Hi, I'm Yunette Lessing. Um, I just finished my honors. Um, I'm at the moment working as a graphic designer and in my free time I'm mostly playing games. My favorite game at the moment that I'm replaying is Witcher 3. Oh, The Witcher. Is it because the new series season yes. is coming out? I'm preparing for the new season. <laughs> I literally started rewatching um, The Witcher uh, two days ago. Yeah, I, I got through episode one now <laughs> and then I cried because uh, the what's her name? The Queen. Kalant. Uh, uh, yeah, she jumped from the window and I was like uh, crying, so I thought maybe I shouldn't watch this again, but... <laughs> She's one of the best characters. Yeah, I really love her. Um, Alright, so, um, yes, so what was your honest research on? Can you give us some background on the study? Okay, so, um, been a fan of Warcraft my whole life, um, and I just decided that I think it's definitely necessary to do some research on this. I didn't really... Think that it would go into an honors dissertation but it it did actually and um it it was one of the best experiences i've had you know working with something so close that you love with your whole heart um but the whole point of my research was to explain well to prove well like I don't like that word prove yeah my supervisor <laughs> doesn't like the word prove i'm not allowed to use it actually <laughs> Um, and just, you know, to show how post-femininity is still relevant in, and that we are not necessarily where we think we are. <laughs> 
And through using Wolf Warcraft as my visual text, I basically um, showed that through the years from 2004 till 2020, um, how the game has developed in regards to feminism um, and just, you know, the changes or the lack thereof. And it was through that I did a visual analysis and I did I used screenshots uh, from in within game. Um, some screenshots were new, some I've um, I took over the years of playing. So it was actually a really fun experience. And just um, through semiotics and hermeneutics, I analyzed the garments um, and came to a conclusion. Yeah. So um, the main character that Yunette looked at in her research is a character called Sylvanas Windrunner. Um, now, I remember playing um, World of Warcraft with Yunette. I would go to her house and then for like three days we wouldn't sleep and we would just be playing just playing World just Warcraft. playing World of Warcraft. And um, her characters always had a much higher level than mine. So... She would always, uh, with her friend, take me uh, through the dungeons <laughs> and help me to level up quickly. And um, I I got a name in the game. My name was Mealy Mage because I was a mage <laughs> that would um, always go right up to the boss and then cast a spell right up there when I really don't need to, when I'm supposed to do ranged damage. Um, but I actually never encountered Sylvanas in the game. I don't know if it's... did I Do I just not remember that? Or... It could be they just maybe skip um, on the scenes, but in, there isn't a few expansions that she doesn't um, appear as much as such in, um, I think it was in Vanilla and then in, um, what's the sick, Burning Crusade. Uh, um, but she makes appearances here and there, but she only really started getting relevant. Um, I think it was from um, Warlords of Draenor you know, going forward. That's when she really started be becoming a part of the main story. And which year was that? No, I... I uh, 2004-ish, or...? Um, when she started. Um, yeah. So the, the game was launched in 2004, and I would say she definitely started um, appearing more in the expansions around 2010. So. Oh, okay. So, um, to give some background on post-feminism. So Yunette mentioned post-feminism um, a bit earlier when she was explaining about Sylvanas. Um, but to recap post-feminism, now I've done many episodes on this before, especially pertaining to Laura Croft, um, who is also a video game character. Um, but post-feminism basically views women's empowerment through sexualization and also um, women's empowerment through embodying very masculine um, attributes in terms of their personality and characters. So you would often find very violent female characters, but their bodies remain very sexualized and their bodies still conform to the very standard and ideal Western style of beauty. So, um, you know, can you elaborate on like what makes Sylvanas post-feminist? I think, um, you know, when she, she actually first appeared in um, Warcraft 3, she was, from the start, she was seen as this hero, and um, in the end, she was basically mutilated by Arthas. And her whole purpose throughout, well, till War of the, um, Wrath of the Lich King, sorry, 
is to get revenge on Arthas for everything he he has done to her. She doesn't really have any other um, links to anything else except revenge and hatred. Um, and <laughs> while doing that, she's wearing a skimpy outfit with a bra. Um, yes, she is a dark ranger and she is um, not necessarily a melee fighter, but that's it's not logical armor um for any you know any warrior so um i, I think, think um in in these types of video games um we often see this discrepancy definitely. between female armor and male armor first of all the female armor yes. it doesn't actually protect anything that it should protect um, no. you would not go into battle looking like that because you'll get stabbed in the stomach Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And um, in the end of my dissertation, I actually mention games such as Terra, um, which I think they're um, an Asian video game. But, you know, the higher level you are, the less clothes you're wearing, which I, f I find is quite disturbing. And when you're a male character, you just keep on getting more badass um, armor, you know, bigger shoulder pads, more dramatic armor, you know, so, um, and that's what I used to analyze Sylvanas in my dissertation. Um, you know, there were instances where she would be covered up, but she would be covered up with a corset, which is a whole other theory on the side, you know, because corsets are there to Constrict women. Constrict, exactly. Mm, yeah, mm. so it was very interesting to see how they're trying to... They're basically trying to say, um, we're covering her up, but we're still sexualizing her. Mm, mm. I think we've realized that sexualization does not only depend on how much skin is shown, but also the There's shape a, yes, of the, the female character, the silhouette. Um, so to give some context, actually, Yunette, um, she studies fashion. Um, she doesn't actually study visual studies <laughs> like me. So she specifically looked at it from a fashion point of view. Um, don't you think it's also ironic that corsets were designed by men um, in the, I don't know, 1800s? When was it a thing? Um, and yet here again, we have a video game character who is mostly designed by men. Um, yes. Or, I don't know... I, I don't know if you know the statistics or demographics, but are there many female programmers in the video game? Or is she designed by... No, she she was designed by, by um, men, definitely, ah. yes. Mm -hmm. um, they have increased their, their female programmers and designers, but it's still mostly um, run by men. And obviously with the Blizzard um, uh, scandal, scandal that happened this year i think it's also very important to take that into consideration and so what was that scandal about it was the scandal was that the blizzard under the blizzard employees the um, women were being discriminated uh, they discriminated against discriminated against uh, um, in what way sexualization oh. mostly sexualization um sexual ways sexual um, harassment sexual harassment yes um, and I know that, well, what I've read is that um, I think more than 20% of the females um, came out and said that they've experienced that. And there was even 
um, an article that said that when the women complained, the men would boo them out of the office. Oh my goodness. And, and told them that they are sensi- too sensitive, um, which is just your typical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think um, toxic workplaces, especially in male-dominated industries like the video game industry, um, is is a very big reason why women um, don't go into those industries in the I first agree. place. I remember reading an article by Mia Consalvo. Um, she's one of my academic... I'm a, I'm a fangirl. <laughs> and she actually wrote an entire paper on why women um, don't go into the video game industry um, because of structural sexism. Um, okay. I also think it's interesting. I was wondering your thoughts. Um, when you play as a female character or when you see a female character like Sylvanas in the game, does it offend you as a woman to see a character who is so sexualized? Um, does it bother you at all when you play? When I grew up, I the only thing I thought was, whoa, she's so cool. Um, I want to be her, you know. And I think for a long time, I didn't really think of it in that way because I was, I was naive. Mm. Um, when I started studying, I started seeing things in a new way. And yes, then it started offending me and annoying me that the, in any game, the way that she, the person was dressed or the female was supposed to look you know Mm. even um when you look at diablo 3 the demon hunters i mean she's in like in sky high heels running at full speed i remember we played diablo 3 i was a mage yes yeah (laughs) what did she always say if only they could see me now (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah i remember and you were running around in your heels yes yeah with your bow exactly yeah you know, I, I get it that video games are not necessarily supposed to be um, realistic in some senses, but um, I just think it's a bigger thing that than people actually understand. Yeah, I think um, uh, for me too, um, I think everyone knows I'm a huge Tomb Raider fan and the first video game I ever played and I ever had was Tomb Raider Angel of Darkness on PlayStation 2. Um, and that time uh, I was while well, eight years old <laughs> when I got it. It was really young. And when I played as Laura Croft, it was the same for me. I was like, wow, she's just such a cool character, so badass. I wish I could be like her. And then the other day, um, for my research, I was writing a paper on Laura Croft um, and I wanted to get a screenshot. I fired up um, Tomb Raider Legend again. And I played this game and I was like, this is absolutely absurd, actually. The degree yeah, of the sexualization. Definitely. And I wonder, um, as a child growing up, or as a woman or girl growing up, um, did you ever feel like um, those types of beauty ideals influenced what you perceived as beautiful and what you perceived as what a woman should look like or what a woman should be like? Did that have any impact on your perception of femininity? Yes, of course. Um, I mean, the media basically told us through... um, video games through TV, through um, magazines that you want, well, at that time you want, you just wanted to be a, you you wanted a flat, small body, where today you want more of an hourglass, but there were standards. Even when I was 11, you know, I was still, I was looking at these magazines and that's how I should look, Hmm. you know, Um, and (laughs) you were just okay with it, you accepted it because you didn't know, you didn't know what else or that you're allowed to be different or look different. Mm. In today's time, I would say there's definitely more 
space to be yourself, but actually really not, you know? <laughs> and um, working in the fashion industry, how do you think the fashion industry is doing in terms of that? Um, so I have two, there's um, two sides of this. The first is that models, yes, they are incredibly thin. Um, but the problem is when you start dressing someone but even a bit bigger than a model, your clothes are not necessarily going to be represented in the right way. Yes, that is problematic. Um, your your cl clothes should be catering for everyone, but that's unfortunately how it is these days. Mm. And on the other hand, it's very superficial. Um, you, you can't really dress how you want when you're overweight. I've struggled with that even. You have less places to shop at um i mean like if you think of zara and such they only have limited sizes um but definitely you're still sexualized even when you're um in the fashion in fashion industry mm. um also I've, I've heard um a few comments where men have told me it's good that you're in the fashion industry because you're going back to your roots of sewing and making clothes wow that is... <laughs> <Yeesh>. <laughs> yes exactly rude <laughs> okay <laughs> i would slap a guy JK, i can't make clothes <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um yeah, so growing up, I must say for me too, when I playing Lara Croft a lot, I also thought like, oh, this is actually what a woman is and what a woman should Definitely. look like. Um, I want to get back to the, the idea of Sylvanas's like narrative, her story. You mm. mentioned the whole revenge arc. I think it's very interesting that we see many tough women. Um, they can't just be tough. No, for the sake of being tough, all. but they had to be wronged somehow. Um, there's, well, we have many like rape revenge narratives, you know, yes. um, I'm not sure if Sylvanas falls into that category. There is speculations. Um, as far as I understand, it wasn't said, but it was implied. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. And then, um, we have other, yeah, narratives that, um, yeah, she, yeah, a woman has been wronged in some way and then she seeks revenge and she gains her power through that. And this is actually a, um, a femme fatale thing too. Mm -hmm. Um, so in her dissertation, Unette also talked about the femme fatale. Um, I've done a, uh, was this with Courtney? Oh no, I've done another episode. Oh yes, it was, um, Captain Janeway and the femme fatale. Oh yes, yeah. yes. Um, but I'm interested, can you elaborate a little bit more on how Sylvanas is the femme fatale figure um, that we see in film noir? Well, she obviously, she's not like perfectly fit into the, the femme fatale, but I would definitely say traits that put her in the category is, you know, like you said, the revenge, she's just out um, to get revenge on a man, she um, she's angry. She's using her sex life. Well, she's not necessarily directly using her sexualization, but she's still being sexualized through her narrative. She's definitely um, desired by men. Um, through, um, if you talk to anyone actually that plays World of Warcraft, they will tell you that Sylvanas is you know the hot one. Um, I remember seeing lots of memes when the latest um, expansion came out. Um, there was one um, 
a scene in the trailer where she pulls her face in some way, and then they would screenshot that and make some sexual innuendo about they, it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's a good um, example, actually. So I can see how this um, really plays into that idea of the femme fatale, who is uh, seen as an empowering um, figure for women because she's this kind of mysterious, lone female character who is in control of her own destiny, um, who is alluring, uh, who does whatever she wants, but still she's a character that remains desired by men. Um, but she's also the enemy of men. While also being the enemy of yes. men. I think, um, and I know there's a lot of like Freudian theory regarding regarding mm. the femme fatale. Um, I wouldn't want to go into that too much because it gets quite hectic. But this idea um, that the femme fatale embodies men's fears yes. of powerful femininity. Um, how do you think that, I don't know, how, plays into Sylvanas? I think definitely that she should be feared, um, you know, specifically with the um, part where she wants revenge and, you know, this, how this man has um, mutilated her. Um, and I think it's because she's just as um, skilled as Arthas. The only thing maybe is that Arthas has... Um, a higher power that is helping him, but otherwise they're the same, you know? And I think in general, in the game, femininity is feared. Mm, mm. You can see, especially in the way that, um, and this goes back again to her sexualization, you know, um, once a female character becomes too powerful, then she becomes sexualized so as to kind of um, reinforce that idea of male control, the male gaze. Um, she is submissive in terms of her sexuality. Actually, um, what, what is really interesting in, in Shadowlands, she becomes one of the main um, characters, but, you know, she, she shows weakness to... Uh, she, she's become the strongest that she's ever been, and she's finally gaining what she wanted from the beginning which is power and being in charge. And now she's finally started showing her heart, um, which like to Andian, who she gives the choice actually before, before she turns him into a deaf knight, she actually gives him the choice, the choice that she never had. So she's actually being a character she's yeah she has an emotional bonus to like a, a stereotypical feminine response yes um which is a, a moment of weakness for her definitely and that ultimately um becomes her undoing in the end that ultimately is her downfall she, she can't stay like be, she can't be powerful and be the bad guy in the end she goes against the wishes of what she's actually wanted to be doing the whole time and she decides to stop and um yeah and then basically she loses all her power which is such a typical thing to mm -hmm. happen you know mm -hmm. she won't achieve what she wanted her emotions will get in the way it's interesting once a female character becomes too powerful then um yeah, in terms so of her narrative arc, she grows a heart and her femininity and hormones and emotions take over and then 
eventually that becomes her problem. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that is, um, and that's a very post-feminist thing, I think, too. Um, so actually, I have argued that. Um, so Yunette's argument is basically that when we look at Sylvanas's po- progression that there hasn't really been any um, change in terms of the representation of the character. So she was a post-feminist and femme fatale character when she was fir- when she first appeared in the early 2000s, and she still is. She hasn't changed. Yes. Um, well, obviously, if you've listened to previous episodes, you will know that um, I've argued that actually post-feminism is over. It's um, actually not a thing anymore. Um Definitely, we still see post-feminist characters like Sylvanas. Um, but it's interesting that in some of the new heroines, like the new version of Laura Croft, here Sylvanas' femininity is her weakness. Very but actually, true. for the new version of Laura Croft, we can argue that it is her strength. Very true. Yes. I think that's an interesting departure in terms of representation. I definitely think you could, it could be argued both ways. Mm. Definitely. Mm. And I think um, it's sad that femininity becomes villainized (laughs) or, you know, um, it's it's, um, equated again with weakness um, in the character of Sylvanas. Right. So I don't know. Do you have any other comments on the character or on the video game? I think it's also important to note that um, World of Warcraft, the video game player demographic for World of Warcraft is mostly male. So even though we argue that she might possibly be an empowering uh, female character or a a good role model for women, um, still she's created by men and she's created for a game which is played predominantly by men. I don't know if you have any comment on that. No, that's definitely true. Um, In recent years, the percentage of female players has highly um, increased, which is great. But um, I also do know that a lot of female players do not um, tell anyone that they are female players. Have you ever done that? Yes, I did that most of my teens. I I never said that I was a female and I wouldn't go on a a chat or anything of the sort. Why Um, why did you hide your gender online? Because then they... Um, at that moment, they start asking you, are you hot? How old are you? Um, mm. You're playing like a girl, typical girl. Because, um, yes, I don't, I'm not the best at World of Warcraft, thank you, but um, I don't think that's because I'm a girl, you yeah, know? Yeah, <laughs> definitely, yeah. Um, so, and yes, there would just there'd be drama and then people would start, um, you know, confessing to you, like, it's the most stupidest stuff, you know? Like what? They, they would just tell you that I think then I'm an, I'm in love with you. I don't know you're oh, a woman. You're like my best friend. It's stupid things like that <laughs> because they're just so excited to see a woman um, that's playing a game. So, you know, I just stopped doing that and I don't want to be treated any differently than they tr- treated each other. Mm, mm. So that was just very important for me um, just to set the boundaries there. And it, it's sad that I had to do that. Yeah. And I will still do that mm. even though um, female gamers is totally normal now and totally okay well i mean kind of on the surface maybe yes but obviously there's a lot of hate towards it but yeah and they yeah i'm just i'm not in the mood for all the drama (laughs) exactly yeah i think um i i've had a slightly different experience with destiny i found destiny to be quite um accommodating um 
in terms of female players, but I guess that's a different platform, different game. Um, but yeah, I totally understand um, in terms of World of Warcraft um, that you don't want to say you're a girl online for those reasons. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever played it enough to get to that point because I was always running around with you <laughs> in the game. So <laughs> I think it's a, um, with World of Warcraft, it's got to do with the legacy issue. I think mm. that's why they they're struggling to let go that it's not a male game anymore. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, it wasn't. It was never. You know, but um, I think that's the the huge problem. I think there's also the negative stereotype that women can't play, they're not good at games that are complicated like World of Warcraft. You know, the idea exactly. that women play Candy Crush and Sims. Um, <laughs> I do play Sims. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not all I play. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I think we still have some, you know, when we look at the representation of Sylvanas, um, yeah, we, we might still have some way to go. And, you know, um, when we look at the online environment and the, the whole issue at Blizzard, the sexism issue at Blizzard, I think um, women still have a, a far way to go in the video game industry. But they've also come very far, which yes. is something to... That is absolutely true. Yes, yes. All right, so, um, you know, do you have a movie recommendation <laughs> for the listeners? Um so it's it's not a new movie and it's maybe a bit mainstream, but I would definitely give Mitsumar a watch. It's it's basically a like a horror thriller, I would say. Um, the visuals are amazing, and yeah, definitely recommend it if you haven't watched it yet. Give it a try. Yeah, I haven't watched it, so I might. Yes, <laughs> yes please. <laughs> I am currently working through Mad Max. Um, yeah. <laughs> After Mad Max, I'll do Midsummer. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you. We will wrap up today's episode here. Thank you for tuning in as always. And um, thank you for supporting the podcast and for listening. If you have any comments uh, for me or you, Ned, then please feel free to reach out on social media. Um, this is the Sci-Fi Feminist signing off. Live long and prosper. You want to say live long and prosper? Live long and prosper. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. And then see everyone again next week. Bye-bye. This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer, list other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, The Janeway, a Star Trek Voyager podcast. Yeah, so we cut to night time. Harry sneaks out of the bed and starts looking up Voyager with his security codes, etc. Um, again, should be in underwear, but... Computer, show me Tom Paris. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> show me his location right now. Oh, he's 450 meters away. <laughs> hey. Oh my gosh. It was Grongle. <laughs> he's like, I have to go to a hookup. Olivia, I have to go to Bear. I have to, he found, he found him on, on Space Ungrinder. Star Trek Grinder. Space and he's like, it's Space Grinder. <laughs> Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4 Beyond Farpoint, a Star Trek The Next Generation podcast. And Picard's the other character trying to solve the mystery, so he leaves for that reason alone. It could be, and it could really be any character, any one of of the main cast members could have gone with Data and been there with Data several days later, trying to solve what happened to the Enterprise. It's it, it it's very very much a kind of a, a plot reason and nothing more. I think. Yeah, um, I kind of wish Data had stayed on the ship actually, because I would like to have seen him regress to a pocket calculator. <laughs> Computer, deactivate Holosuite.